Bava Matsya, Perik Gimel, Mishnah Yud Base, three twelve, the last of the Perik. And uh before we discuss it, we have to make two prefatory points. The first is we have to explain what it means to be Sholeach Yad, um, which literally, literally means to send one's hand forth, something like that. Okay, it's a kind of misappropriation of something which of a picadon, of a deposit, uh, which renders one essentially a gazlan, a thief, making him now responsible for own sin and the like. The expression comes from the parsha which is talking about the Shomer Sachar, and it says, Imlo shalach yadob malechas re'ehu, provided that he didn't send forth his hand against his friend's property. So, shlichasad essentially means um, partaking of some which was isn't yours, so I deposit my cookie jar by you, and uh, you're supposed to keep it safe, and you decide to take cookies from the cookie jar, so now you are the one who stole the cookies, and you stop being a Shomer and start becoming a gazlan, responsible for not just you know, even onsen when it comes to the cookie jar. Okay, so let me just differentiate between um, what we had before, a couple of Mishnayas ago, when we talked about Shoel um, Shlomi Das. If you borrow something uh, without permission, that's tantamount to being a gazlan, but um, potentially you could return it, right, and stop being a gazlan. And even if you can't, like in the case of Rabbi Kiva, you can't return it unless you notify the owner, and that's the halacha, uh, if there was a whole dining room set and you took one of the chairs to use, so then you are a gazan with respect to that chair, but the rest of the dining room set, um, you aren't, okay? Because you didn't intend to acquire it or misuse the rest of it. Shlich means to partake of uh, what has been deposited by you, um, to either consume part of it or to use it in a way which depletes its value, which costs something to the original owner. So there was a cookie jar full of cookies and you're going to eat one of the cookies. That would be shlich and the like. So the din is going to be that if a person is shleich bayad, if a person um, partakes or consumes or depletes the value of a pikadon that's been entrusted to him, so he now becomes a gazan on the entire pikadon and not just um, the part that he, you know, that he that he took, which is gone now, essentially. Okay. That's the first point. Uh, the second point is that our mission is going to want to answer the question: if something happens to the pikadon. And the price of the picadon has varied over time. Which price is the reference price that the now responsible Shomer has to make restitution? What's the price he has to pay? So the value of a picadon could really vary in two different ways. Of course, it can go up and down, but I don't mean that. Okay? Two different ways it can go up and down. Um, one is the value of the item itself, even if the market price doesn't change. Right, there's no change in like supply and demand, but the thing itself could appreciate or depreciate. So let's say, for example, if I deposit my cow with you and the cow is pregnant, so it's worth 200, and if the cow miscarries while it's in your ownership, uh, in your excuse, in your in your custodianship, so then now it's now not a pregnant cow; it's only worth 150. So that would be depreciation of the value of the asset. It went down in value, or it can go up. You know, I deposit my sheep by you. The sheep has been recently. Um, shorn, so it has no wool, but after, you know, some months, it's now ready to be shorn again, and there's an extra value of the wool, so the sheep went from being worth 100 to being worth 150, went up in value. Okay, that's the actual, it actually improved or um, uh, decreased in value because it actually just changed. That's one way that the value could change. The second way value could change is that the actual market prices fluctuate. So it's the same exact item, whether it's an inanimate object, a bottle of wine, or a cow, but the price of cows could go up or down. The price of wine could go up or down. Okay? So, 
Armesh is going to want to ask um, if the object is deposited, I give you my cow, and it's worth 100, and um, then you are shalech bayad, you decide to take the cow on a joyride or to plow your fields, who knows what you're doing, to my cow, um, or you're shearing my cows, my sheep's wool, or whatever the story is. So um, you are doing something that's not allowed, um, but if then, you know, there's an onus occurs and lightning strikes the cow or the sheep, whatever it is, so then do you pay me based on the value of the cow or the sheep when I gave it to you, or do you pay me based on the value of the cow uh, when you misappropriated it, when you were shaleach yad, uh, which could be a different amount. So that's a machlokus, um, says the Mishnah, hashaleach yad bepikadon. If the shomer misuses illegally, partakes of the deposit, so Beishamah Omrim Yilke Bechaser Uvayeser. Beishamah say, listen, whatever happens, the custodian gets a short end of the stick, and it's the benefit of the depositor. Meaning, if the price went down after you deposit it, he gets the original price. If the price went up, he gets the price at the time it was misappropriated, uh, misused, or illegally used. Okay, that's Beishamah's opinion. And Beishil Omrim Kishas Hotza. Beishil will hold that the rule is that when a person steals something, so then it's always evaluated based on the shasa gazela, the time that it was um, taken. And shas hotza means when the moment that it was taken out of the category of being a pikadon, and now taken into like, I'll call it the possession, if you will, of the of the shomer, who's the shaleach yad. So the point is, based Hillel says, listen, when he committed his crime, at that point, he has to make restitution based on the value then. Okay, that's the first machlokas, and the lach is like base Hillel, so it's consistent with like the rest of Kol Torakula, that when you have a theft occurring, the amount that the thief is obligated on is the amount that it was worth when he, when he stole, or the equivalent. Now we have a second opinion here, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is discussing a, like a different point. He's discussing the other way in which the value of the item could change. In other words, Rabbi Akiva is going to agree with base Hillel that... Um, if the value of the item itself went up or down because it, it became more or less valuable because it got wool or something. So then uh, he agrees it would be based on the moments that the shomer misused the object, shaleich bayat. The question is what happens if, you know, at that point it was worth 100, but later on by the time he, you know, gets convicted in court of his crime and has to make restitution, the value of the of a replacement cow is now 200, worth worth 50. So does he pay... Does the shomer who was a shaleich yad does he pay based on the value of cows when he in the marketplace when he uh, misappropriated or does he pay based on the current market price and here Rabbi Kiva Omer kishas hatavia Rabbi Kiva says it's based on the time that the um, the din Torah takes place that he becomes guilty and has to pay based on the din Torah and that Rabbi Kiva understands really is based on the pasuk um, the pasuk refers to bayom ashmato the day in which he becomes guilty, uh, and that being the case, Rabbi Kiva understands that it's uh, based on the value of, of cows at the time he's convicted, or, you know, the, the witnesses testify against him, etc. Uh, but the Lachta based Hillel, in both cases, meaning it's always going to be a function of what was the thing worth at the time that the, we'll call him the thief, misappropriated the, the picadon that was entrusted to him. Okay, that's part one of the Mishnah. Now, um, Part two of the Mishnah uh, really is like a new Mishnah in the Gemara. It's a new point here, which is 
What happens if a person um, intends to be Shalech Bayad and actually speaks it out? He verbalizes, according to Rashi, in front of witnesses. He says, I intend to take cookies from the cookie jar. But he hasn't done it yet. So is he already considered at that point no longer a trusted Shomer now becomes a Shalech Bayad, which would be responsible for Onsen or not? Um, so we're going to see that Beishamah says, uh, really, at that point, he becomes responsible for Onsen, and it's also based on a Pasuk. The Mishnah says inside, HaChoshev Lishloach Yad Bepikadon. If a person, a uh, little translation of Choshev would be, like he, he thinks to, to misappropriate the deposit, but what it means is that he actually articulates, it says, he actually orally says out loud in front of witnesses, I'm going to be stealing that object. At that point already, at that point already, he becomes liable for onsen. Um, this is also based on a pasuk. Uh, the pasuk is, the, it, it talks about al kol devar pesha, on any matter of crime or something. Um, but the point is that it's, he, since that's already, the whole thing is superfluous in context. So Beishamai Darshan, that the word devar pesha refers to even like a deeb or even a word, a verbalization, a statement that refers to a pesha, a, you know, a legal action of, of using the deposit. So Beishamai holds that Pasuk is telling you that from the moment he says it out loud, according to Rashi, with two witnesses hearing, at that point he's liable already as a, a, for Onsen, even prior to actually making any use or taking it. According to Beishil, no, until he actually makes use of it, partakes of it, like he's not liable. The fact that he said something is not relevant, doesn't change things, you have to actually do something. We'll talk about that, what he had to have to do in the next part of the Mishnah. Um, the point is that Beis Hill just don't, they don't make that drasha. Uh, the Devar Pesha doesn't refer to a statement verbally. So the question is, wait a second. It is miutar, it is extra, so what does Devar Pesha come to add? So Beis Hill say it comes to add that if the Shomer instructs his Shaliach or his Eved to Shaliach Bayad, to misappropriate, to partake, to use, or whatever, um, the the uh, deposit, he is liable, meaning he, the shomer, is liable. Now, usually, um, the principle, the rule is that ain shaliach devaravera. If I tell you to punch Johnny in the nose and you punch Johnny in the nose, you're the bad guy, not me, because you're supposed to listen to Hashem and not punch him in the nose, not listen to me. Um, notwithstanding that, there's a unique din that applies to a shomer who's like the custodian. He's he's a guardianship, and he's held to a higher standard, and that is. Uh, based on this drasha of Akol Devar Pesha. So Devar Pesha, like illegal statements, are the statement of instructing the uh, the Shaliach or the Evid, whatever it is, um, to partake and do something, to Shaliach Bayad, do something illegal. He's also then liable. It's a machlokus in the in the uh, Achronim if the Shaliach is also liable as well. Okay, fine. Ketzad, so now we're going to illustrate the point here in this last part of the Mishnah. It says... Um, how does a Shomer uh, commit the Shlichus Yad business? So we give an example. We say like this. What if, if Hita Esa Chavit Venatal Heimena Reviet, he, there's a jug of wine, and the, the Shomer tips the jug to get access to the wine, and he takes from it a Revius, like a cupful of wine from uh for his purposes, he wants to drink, he's stealing, he's like to drink that wine from the larger uh, barrel of wine. And then Vinishbra, after that, lightning comes, or, you know, a dragon comes, anything comes and knocks over the barrel, destroys the barrel, um, so the, all the wine is gone. 
and it's circumstances beyond his control. Earthquake did it, who knows? He's only on the hook for one revius, the revius that he was shaleach bayad. The reason why is because um, it's true that when one is shaleach yad, he's responsible for the whole thing, not just what he took, but he has to do some kind of like act that would be, serve as like a maizakinian, like he's taking it to his possession. Tipping something to get access is not considered a maizakinian. If you tip by a barrel of wine that I'm selling to you, it doesn't become yours. Okay? So that's not good enough. Tipping alone isn't sufficient, and therefore he didn't yet do an act that would obligate him on the entire barrel. Um, in contrast, if it's, if Higbia, if he lifted the barrel up, even just taking, intending to take just one cup out of the barrel, still, once he takes even one Revius, Venishbra, if then it breaks, Michel and Demekula, he's on the hook for the entire barrel, because by lifting it up, that's where he called an act of like acquisition, hagba, and therefore he's taking responsibility for the entire barrel, and in so doing, even though he's intending just for one cup of it, he stops being a shleich on the whole thing, but rather he becomes a shleich yad, and he is liable on onsen on the entire container. Uh, one last point I want to make, which is, uh, if the shomer tips the barrel instead of lifting it, so he's on the hook just for what he takes, the one cup, but by opening the 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 barrel up, he lets air in, and then that causes the wine to spoil. So now he'll be on the hook for the entire barrel. And this is a little surprising, I'll explain, because usually the rule is that that should just be considered a grama. What did he do? He just opened the barrel, he didn't destroy the wine, and then the barrel, you know, became the container of the barrel, the wine became uh, ruined because the air got in. But that's just a grama, it's indirect, and money usually is exempt from damages, indirect damages. But in the case of a shomer, so he's responsible to protect whatever he's been acting as custodian over. And to open a barrel to have to be sealed is considered a pshia. That's a dovar pesha. Forget dovar pesha, sorry. That's just a pshia. That's a, that's a negligent uh, activity in terms of one's responsibilities to protect and act as custodian to guard over this barrel. And therefore, um, he stops being a shomachinam and he becomes responsible for things like that he causes, indirect things that he causes through his pesha, through his uh, negligent act. So he'll be responsible to pay for the whole barrel of ruined wine. Okay, with that, Baruch Hashem, we finished the third parak of Bav Matziah, and next comes the fourth parak, Hazahav.